Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. In this episode, we speak with Aaron Moore, a multi-award-winning real estate investor who is best known for having one of the most established house-buying companies in Canada. Aaron takes us through what makes his real estate business successful. Have a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to welcome Aaron Moore here. So Aaron Moore is a real estate investor that I've known for a very long time. And how I got introduced to him was I called one of his stickers, one of his signs. And that was, oh boy, probably 12 or 13 years. I don't know. It was a long time ago, over 10 years for sure. Definitely. And um, so I wanted to, to let Aaron give a little bit of a background about, about him and what he does. And, uh, and then we'll get right into the conversation. Sounds good. Thanks for having me here, Quentin. Glad to share. But Background wise, I think I'm in the real estate community. I'm, I'm best known for having a house buying company, for being a wholesaler, because that's how other investors interface with me. I, I've been doing this full time since 2008. And, you know, I was doing a little bit before then as well. Uh, but I certainly, uh, I, you know, I do a lot of wholesaling. I've got a company, GTA House Buyers, that's, you know, we're pretty big as far as Canada. Uh, we're, we're big for, the amount of wholesaling and house buying that happens here. I flip a lot of houses myself. I've, I've built up a portfolio of rental properties over the year, over the years. So it all, uh, it all adds up and it's, uh, it's been a fun ride and that's successful business. That's awesome. And I know that like, I, I've seen so many different types of marketing in the past from you and from other people as well. And um, you know, your ability like to find off market deals is, is really amazing. And you've been, the thing that I think is great is that I've seen people come and go all the time in this space. There are people that they go to a workshop or they go to a weekend boot camp. they come back, they post signs, and then they, you know, they disappear. <laughs> Every time I see signs, I always phone them just to you know, see if I can connect with another uh, person who's posting leads. But for the most part, they tend to disappear. Like, what do you attribute your longevity in this area and this business? Well, I don't know, probably a few things, <laughs> but you know, it definitely it's it's some of it's just the simple basic stuff like work ethic, daily habits. I'm, you know, I uh, I remember at my my wedding, I think my my father called me disciplined and refl- reflected on how disciplined I was. So true enough, <laughs> I because uh, you know I I didn't take after from him apparently. So, but no, I just, I've got good daily habits. I, I, am a good, uh, longevity person. I can stick to things, make, make goals and then stick to it and achieve it. Uh, so that I'm good at the basics. You know, I'm also good at marketing. I'm pretty good at marketing. So you've, you know, you discovered me through my marketing, but we've all always been pretty good at marketing over the years. Um, yeah. And you've done offline and online marketing. Um, what would you say is your uh, like your best ability to find off-market properties? Is it online? Is it offline? Like, yeah, and definitely, it's been an evolution. We I certainly started offline. I didn't even have a website for the first couple of years. A lot, uh, a lot of uh, outdoor signs like you found back in the day, and 
letters. The nice thing about real estate is, you know, we know where houses are, so it's easy to send letters to houses. So I've always done well at that. But, you know, being long-term in this business, we've certainly built a web presence. So now uh, online dominates our marketing. And it's a big part, even if we send out letters, uh, people are checking us out online. We'll, we'll post our website on letters. And yeah, it's, it's a big sort of credibility piece. It's a big, uh, you know, people can go there and see tons of reviews from past sellers and all this sort of thing. So it, it, talk, it speaks to our credibility. Yeah, it sounds like you spent a lot of time developing that online presence and the, the ability for people to search you out and, and authenticate whether you're, you know, a real person and, you know, really doing this. Do you find that that's uh, an issue with a lot of buyers or, or sellers, sorry, who are coming to you to, to sell a property? Definitely. There's always a, a trust component, um, you know, and it, even it's even the industry, realtors and you know, the MLS are well-known. That's what, you know, the 95% of people are going to do. They're going to sell with a realtor or MLS. So, you know, we're a, a lesser known industry. So as a house buyer, people are going to be a little more skeptical. So we want to overcome that skepticism and, you know, and a big focus and sort of a, a unique thing for our company is we do have a strong seller focus. We definitely want to, we take care of our sellers. Uh, we, we treat them well. And we really, yeah, it's really about taking care of the sellers. So we, we have a big focus on that. So what would you consider your unique ability? Something that kind of sets you apart from everybody else? Yeah. You know, I, I think, and I can compare ourselves to other home buyers. Like you mentioned, people come and go and there's that trust factor. But it, it really is, you know, having a seller focus, taking care of the seller. And I was talking with my team recently about a few of these things. And it's just, it, it you can even see it in the, in the contracts we give like this industry. You've probably seen this. There's a, there's a big focus on, all right, let's give the lowest deposit possible. Let's tie it up for, you know, the, the longest number of days, like have the longest number of conditions possible. We're probably in our industry. We probably give the biggest deposits and have the shortest conditions because we're, we're seller focused. <laughs> it's just, that's what's better for the seller. Right. So, uh, and I think that comes out. When the seller's comparing us to the alternatives, it, it comes out quickly. Do you find that that happens, that you're competing against other wholesalers or is that yes, just- Yes and no. We're competing against other wholesalers. We're competing against, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, realtors. Uh, and then, you know, there's certainly people who will do their research and decide that, you know, maybe we're the first call, maybe we're the only call because, because of what they've, uh, the, the research they've done online. Okay. But yeah, def definitely there's competition. Yeah, oh, well, well, if anything, there's competition. But yeah. what are the type of properties that you end up picking up? Like, um, are there, is there like some sort of pattern to it or is it just kind of all type? Yeah. Uh, one, like a commonality, I, you know, I'm just, these are rough numbers. I would say 80% are fixer uppers. So, you know, we're not always buying the most beautiful houses. Uh, that being said, we have bought some beautiful houses too. It's usually, but that, that's a minority and it's usually some sort of time crunch. Someone's really got to sell this fast. There's some, you know, some reason that's important to them. They need to, you know, get this thing sold in like weeks or days. 
and 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 you know then we'll get a good discount on a beautiful house but usually it is the the fixer uppers and as investors we we can add value to the fixer uppers through our skills and renovations if you know if we, if we do it enough we can lower our rental cost and, and we've got you know different sort of uh skills and uh you know different things we can do with that like we can buy a house use it as a rental property whereas you know maybe we can pay more if we use it as a rental property than someone else who would just be coming to flip that property so there's different avenues where we can add some value. Now, I know people cannot add themselves to your buyer's list. So if you, if you wanted to assign a property to somebody, but one of the things I, I don't think comes across is that how, how can a buyer set themselves up for success when working with somebody like you who has a property under contract and is mm-hmm. willing to assign it to them? Um, you know, what, what makes them stand apart from other people? Yeah, definitely. Like financing, you got to have that funding in place and you got to be ready to go. Uh, so having your funding in place, you know, that could be through a private lender, you know, Hey, maybe there's enough time so you can get a bank mortgage on the property. If it's a longer closing a, a property in decent livable condition, uh, I, in any which way, you just got to have your, your money in place and you got to be confident. Like you got to put down a big deposit with us. If, you know, if you want to put down a hundred dollar deposit, you know, it's not going to fly because we know you have no confidence. You're going to close on this property. So, you know, just like when we buy, uh, we put down a significant uh, deposit. When I sell a property or wholesale a property, I'm looking for a significant deposit. That shows me you're serious and you're, you're not going to back out. So you definitely got to put that serious deposit and you got to have your finances lined up. And probably you got to be easy to work with and you got to respect the sellers. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't like high maintenance people who uh, demand a lot from the sellers because we're here to take care of the sellers. We're not here to give them headaches. Awesome. So there's, you know, there's the personality, there's having your financing in place. It's having your funds ready to go and, and, and be able to, to close on the deals when you say you're going to close on the deal. Exactly. We don't, we don't want to be closing late because you know, you're in breach of contract. If you're closing late, a lot of people, uh, you know, in, in the realtor world, they, they try to make it out like it's no big deal to close late, but it can be a big deal. Let me tell you. Yeah. And there must be yeah. certain situations where you've done all this work to be able to get to a deal. And, and then, you know, you have a, uh, somebody you wholesale that to doesn't want to close or can't close for whatever reason. Um, how have you dealt with that in your business? We, you know, typically, you know, if it's a few days, we, we're going to, you know, work it out with the seller. We got to compensate them. And, and typically, you know, we compensate the seller. Well, if it's breach of contract, basically, so the seller's going to get compensated well. Um, we, we don't want investors who have to delay closing. Um, but if it's a few days we work it out, if it's something bigger, like on, on the buyer side, you know, our, our company steps in and buys it. Yeah. And I think that's people don't really understand that when it comes to wholesalers that you're, you've got the contract. So you're the person who's ultimately on the line for closing that deal, unless you, and then the, the, the purchase and sale agreement yeah. in some way. Now, one of the things that I think new people who are getting into the industry and, and start advertising, things like that, they, they, they get a lead that comes in and then all of a sudden they think that, you know, they've got this lead that comes in, we're going to close on this particular property where the lead has come in and, you know, it's going to be a done deal for sure. Now, 
we know that there you may have many leads that come in but not all of them lead to an actual purchase what would you say like high level would your numbers be like leads versus offers versus actual yeah. um like a purchase so leads um we get leads to purchase it's somewhere between 10 to 15 and it's i think you know one year like i think last year or you know some quarters we do have around like 11 11 leads to one purchase uh so you know that's good that's wow, pretty good that's one indeed. in 10 is is really good yeah, that's, that's pretty good. So we do have that sometimes, you know, we, in the past, I, I know we've had like, like the one in 20, one in 25. Um, but we, you know, we're getting better over time. We're getting better. <laughs> that that so, is, that is a lot yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and we do, I I'll just, maybe for 10 leads, we probably put in two to three offers, I'd say probably more somewhere. Uh, yeah. Two to three offers per 10, uh, more like I'd say definitely, I think we're, we're on pace for like for 20 leads. We put in f five offers typically or five appointments. And then with those five appointments, how many would lead to an actual sale? So we'd probably get two out of that. So it's one in 10 then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been around that like that. Those are our good numbers. Yeah. That's awesome. That's those are great numbers. Those are great numbers, and we and uh, trust me, we, we've had worse numbers than that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. those, those are the, probably the best we've had. One of the things that like I want to get across to um, members and, and people that are listening is that just because you have a deal under contract doesn't always mean that you're going to close on the deal. Sometimes there are, and there may be situations where leads have come in, everything looked like the stars were lining up and it didn't go as yeah. planned. Maybe you could share a couple stories about deals that got away and then how you, you dealt with them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I could sort of the extreme, you know, we did have a seller die before closing once and the, the estate didn't want to sell to us. Probably, probably more typical is, you know, some sort of deposit or, you know, a bit of buyer's remorse. So a seller will sign and then, you know, they look for a reason to get out of it. It could be a week later, days later, a couple of weeks later. Um, so, you know, I do remember one, like these are private deals as well. So the real, the deposit's not going with any realtor and it sometimes it takes days to get a lawyer. Like we, we typically put our deposit with a lawyer. So sometimes there's deposit issues. One, you know, in the past year, I don't know what, if it was days or a week after signing a contract, the buyers, you know, they, they say they want out because we're in breach of contract because we didn't give them a deposit deposit to their lawyer but they never gave us a lawyer but you know it's, it's just the point is they want another contract because what we find out is someone else in the neighborhood down the road offered them twenty thousand more right so that's this is really what's going on they, they got to find a reason to get out of the contract right. so you, you know we have made changes to our sort of paperwork about deposits but partially for me, you know if someone if then a couple of days wants out of a contract we're probably you know we're not going to just say okay go to the contract. But if push comes to shove, honestly, I'll probably let them out of the contract uh, within a couple of days. Like, but we, of course we do, you know, tell them like legally you are bound to this contract. <laughs> so like, don't make too light a situation of it. 
right so you you want them to follow through but you you also because you're so like you're you're focused on your client who's uh, like the um well you you're you want to make sure that everybody gets yeah you want to make sure everyone's happy if if you don't want to be buying from someone who just does not want to sell to you and wants to make it difficult and all this sort of thing yeah it just just makes more problems have you have you ever had a pro like a challenge with like actually closing on a property where you thought you were going to close and it just didn't close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've, you know, we've had some that just get delayed for, it could be, you know, weeks. We've had delays for weeks and it's, it's usually uh, there's, it's where we're buying and it's close to the amount owed or, or sometimes towards closing, we find out the amount owed is much more than expected so we can't close at the negotiated price. So it's things like that. And I remember one situation, uh, you know, uh, the seller had something that was going through bankruptcy and, you know, it came out what, what was actually registered against her property that she had to pay out. And then it, it was more than we had agreed to. So, you know, we do end up paying a little more, but we also get, we, we try to get some of these payments reduced as well for what's going and yeah, it's, it's sometimes, you know, title search alone, there's no, sometimes there's, there's no real way to get the exact number until like very close to closing because the lawyers have to request all these numbers and you really don't know. And like these, let's say the second mortgage lender, all these different loans that are registered on the property, they keep adding penalties and interest. And, and by the time you figure out all the numbers, it's, it's almost closing day and it's, it's way more than expected. So if, you got to negotiate with whoever's owed money and you got to get delays and you, you, you regroup. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's always yeah. challenges, you know, and I mean, that's what you do though. You solve problems, right? Yeah. You're a problem solver and, and, you know, it's in the personality of a real estate investor. You know, that, that's what I, I'm a problem solver. That's what yeah. I like to do too. One, one of the things that I, I know, like, you have a really good reputation. You've been doing this for a long time. You've dealt with a lot of different investors in the past. Um, you know, you've had challenges with deals. I know we, you could probably tell stories for hours and hours on, on the different deals that you've done and what went well and what didn't go well. But one of the things that I, I think that new um, people to the space often mistake is the amount of advertising and the amount of money that goes into this because they only see the fee like you're you know you're making an assignment on this and they're they're like oh it's this assignment amount right and they they don't realize that the amount of other work that gets them gets you to the point to actually have this opportunity I mean, if you could communicate to other people around that, like, um, you know, I don't know if you, you have a ballpark number of like how much you spend in advertising or the amount of work that goes in, just something to make yeah, people aware that, like, you know, it, this yeah. is not, it's not just like I get a deal out of the air, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah like, we're, you know, we're spending thousands. Anytime we do like a mail out, we're talking thousands of dollars being spent uh, just, you know, on paid like pay-per-click marketing, we're spending six figures a year. You know, it takes a team to do what we do. We're talking, you know, you got to pay a team, a skilled team well. Like, you know, people are getting paid uh, based on performance and they, they want to, they get paid well and they, they, uh, they, they work well, right? 
yeah uh, we got a quality team quality people so you know people you got to share the wealth around <laughs> and then yeah just uh, yeah so there's uh, we're well into the six figures and probably going you know multiple six figures this year and in, in just marketing yeah yeah and people don't seem to understand that or realize that they think that you know we'll We'll spend a hundred dollars on a Google ad and we're going to get all these leads come in and, yeah. you know, and it takes a lot more than that to run a business. Right. And, um, you know, and I think you've done really well and, you know, I just want to commend you and how you, you do things and, you know, really happy to have you as a Durham REI member. I know you've been a member for a very <laughs> long time. Yeah. And, you o know what? Over uh, a decade, probably over a decade for sure. I wanted to, to um, if people want to reach out to you and connect with you or get on your buyers list, what's the best way to do that, Aaron? Yeah, just go to our, uh, our buyers, our investor website. It's housedealsgta.ca. Uh, you can get access to see our properties that are currently available, past properties we've done. And just basically, uh, if, you, if you want to get emailed the, uh, about our deals as soon as they come up, you can go there and, you know, Give us your info and tell us kind of where you want to get in, where you want to buy deals, where you don't want to buy deals, all that sort of thing. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Aaron, for your time. And thanks for sharing with us again, your knowledge. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Quentin. Thanks for listening to my conversation with our member. I hope you got some valuable information out of it. If you would like to create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing, make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quinton D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to GetRealWealthy.com.